Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? This is your girl, Lady Natasha Daniels, and welcome back to another episode of Go With God Podcast. Uh, listen, I hope that you're enjoying what we're talking about. The first couple weeks have really kind of just been talking about uh, who is Natasha Daniels and, uh, you know, what I like and all that type of good stuff. Uh, so now that we got kind of the particulars out of the way, I want to kind of start going into the meat of this podcast. Um, one of the things that I'm kind of learning in my young age is... Um, a lot of us who are Christians are really kind of struggling with, with God. We're really struggling with who he is, what he is. Um, we're struggling with worship. We're struggling with being committed to him. We're struggling with all of it. Um, and I get it. You know, I, I really, really do get it. Uh, so today's uh, podcast is called Worship. Um, and I think that in order to understand God, to understand where we are, it's important that we kind of get back to, to, to the heart of worship. Um, so, uh, really quickly, just want to go ahead and, and pray in, uh, for today, uh, dear God, we bless you and we honor your name because you are so wonderful. You're great in every capacity. Uh, and there is nobody like you. I don't know how else we can express how wonderful you are other than living our lives and dedicating our lives to you. Now for that father, we say, thank you. Pray that you would bless this moment and bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, one of the things, um, you know, that is my passion uh, in ministry is worship. Now, I'm not just talking about worship as it relates to you or I uh, singing a slow song and crying and blowing our nose and having the usher come and fan us down. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. <laughs> uh, growing up, that's really what we thought, though. Like, like that was the definition of worship. The definition of worship was your expression. Um, and I believe honestly that worship is more than that. Uh, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is the epitome of following, uh, someone and calling them your God and showing that they are your God through the way that you live. Uh, anything that you worship, you bow to. Uh, we see that very clearly in Daniel when it came to Nebuchadnezzar and when he would blow, um, or when they would play the music, they would all have to bow down to the golden image. Um, and that's how the boys got kind of thrown into, into the fire because <laughs> they wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Big ups to Daniel and his team. Um, I mean, excuse me, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same story, same story. Um, and so I think it was an important lesson to learn. You know, they, they, they displayed worship through music but it's really showing the power of who do you serve and who you serve, you show reverence to. And symbolically, who you show reverence to is you bow to them. You oblige to their every command. You obey what it is that they have to say. You live the life that they ask you to live. Um, and so to me, that's the epitome of worship. Praise is the expression of my gratitude to who God is and to what he is and or to anybody else who does something for you. I praise you or I give you accolade. I give you thanks because of the work that you did or because of the task that you did. It is my expression or, or my acknowledgement of a thank you. It's my gratitude. It's my graciousness. Um, and so I understand now how life is both worship and praise. It is my reasonable service, but it is also my expression if I do it the right way. Um, and so in today's segment, I kind of want to talk about worship um, because that's the epitome of who I am. My life has set me up to the point where 
I've chosen God because I put a demand on God in the nicest way. And I said, listen, my life is becoming too hectic now and I can't find you in it. I believe that there are things that you don't want me to do. And I get that, but you still haven't told me what you want me to do. And so I need you to kind of show up in my life. I need you to kind of tell me what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I had that revelation with him at the age of 18, 19 years old. Um, I was in church. I grew up Kojic, Church of God in Christ. Big ups to Kojic. I was always at AIM every year, me and the squad. We was at AIM every year, auxiliaries in ministry. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Woo. Now, anybody who's Kojic who's listening, you understand why I said woo. Because it was good times, man. Listen, some of the most talented people I've ever met, uh, we would find them at these Kojic conventions. Um, but it truly opened my eyes to just so many different things that I was not aware of because I did not grow up in church. Even though I started my church journey younger um, than some, um, I was not a child growing up in church, meaning I was not born into church, born into um you know, a family of, of, of pastors and preachers and teachers. And I didn't have that experience. I grew up in church starting around the age of 10, 11 years old in the junior choir with my mother, um, being the pianist. <laughs> we talked about that in a, in a previous episode, the pianist. Um, so, um, by the time I was 18, you know, 19 years old, we had great experiences of young people through AIM um, and them giving their lives to God and watching different styles of worship. But I just felt like for me, I didn't know if I really wanted to do this Christian thing. I didn't know if I really wanted to do this walk thing. So many things were happening that it was just kind of like for me, I don't, I don't get what the point is. You know, I'm in church 27 days a week because <laughs> anybody who know, know you in church all that blame day. Um, and I feel like we're doing activities, but I don't, I don't know what this change is supposed to look like. Um, and so at 18, 19 years old, um, I had an incident happen where I was dating somebody and the person that I was dating accidentally burnt our house down. Um, it was an accident, uh, a complete accident, but I couldn't recover. I, I was having a hard time recovering because I guess the best way to say it is it was my fault. Um, even though I did not do it, I was getting blamed as if it were my fault. Um, we lost everything. I'll never forget. It was in March of 2007 and we lost everything. I was my first year in college. We lost, I mean, you name it. We lost it. Everything, everything. Watch the house go up and smoke, watch the, watch the, uh, the, the windows blow, uh, from the inside out because of the heat, the combustion just explode, uh, walking out with soot. I've never experienced soot. You may have experienced fire and smoke, but soot is the actual residue that comes from the burnt debris and it gets left on your clothes. It's not just the signaling of smoke. It's, it's the actual substance of what was lost on you. Um, we, I, I ran out of the house with, with a pair, a pair of shoes, um, 
shorts and a shirt. We lost everything. And I think at that particular moment, life was just, you know, I wasn't doing well in, in, in school. I was failing uh, two classes in school, in college. Um, I didn't like school. Uh, let me just go ahead and put a little something in here. I, I couldn't stand school. I felt like going, <laughs> don't listen to me though, because this was young Tosh, all right? This was young Tosh, because since then I have gotten my bachelor's degree and I'm looking to go in for my master's. So this was young Tosh. Um, but I didn't feel as though, you know, you should have to go to school for eight hours and turn around and do homework and everything else. Like, I didn't feel like school should be an all-day activity. Like, I was, my all-day activity was church. You know, we would leave school and go to church. Like, so, I, listen, I got worked, okay? And then when I was 14 years old, I got a job at Chick-fil-A. That's a whole nother story. Mom, yes, I will tell that story one day. Um, you know, I've been working since I was 14 years old. So my life has always been full honestly. And, um, so I wasn't doing well in college at that time. Uh, the house had just burnt down uh, a few months prior to the house burning down. I had gotten in a major car accident totaled just about, uh, my vehicle. It was a 2007 Ford Focus Kiwi green. Don't ask me why, but I was just into Tasha. I'm, I'm just into what I like. And what I mean by that is I will give you anything. I, anybody who knows me knows I will give them anything but when I actually do like something I like it and it's very difficult to deter me from what I actually like when I actually admit that I like something and so um you know that those three months were just vicious um I had cost my family so much money and we lost everything I mean there wasn't anything except for one basket of clothes there was one basket of clothes that was salvageable um and I'll talk about that at the end. My grandma found a way to salvage that one basket of clothes. Uh, I miss you, grandma. Um, and so from that point on, you know, I really had a, a deep conversation with God. And I said, bro, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And in that, I heard the Lord as clear as day. And he told me, Tasha, you need to go on a fast. And I told him, okay. And when I went on that fast, can I tell you everything that was old, hear me clearly, everything that was old broke. Now, what I mean by that is my relationships, they broke. And, and what I mean is all of a sudden my friends were, were, were going away and uh, the relationship that I was in, it totally didn't last. Um, it, it, it was ripped apart. The relationship that I wanted um, I wanted to be in a relationship with um, with this individual, and it just wasn't happening. Like, it just wouldn't happen. Um, everything that was old in my life was finding a way to not be able to keep itself attached to me. And it was very, very hard for me because I felt as though in my pursuit for God, I was losing everything I knew. Um, and my mentor at the time, I went on a fast with her. And she just encouraged me through it. Um, she just encouraged me through it. And at the end of it, I felt so alone. When the 40 days was up, I felt so alone. I felt so alone because I didn't, I didn't know what God was doing. Um, I just knew that everything that was my comfort was gone. And so a few weeks after I finished my 40-day fast um, is actually when I met my husband. Um, I met him and I met his friends 
and, you know, we had a little jam session or he had a jam session. Um, we had a mutual friend, excuse me. And they took me up to meet my husband, my, my now husband. He wasn't my husband, obviously at the time I was not interested in Jasper T. Daniels, the third, let's go ahead and, and just clear the air. Um, I was too hurt. I was too hurt and too broken to really be interested in a relationship. And I'm just being honest. And I did express that to him. Even when we did get together, I was just too hurt to be in a relationship. Um, but we met and, uh, you know, our story is kind of history from there. But um, God really started putting a new taste in my mouth. I think I always had a taste to be a worshiper, but it was different. I wanted God. I didn't want anything or anybody else more than I wanted God. And I believe that at that moment, even though I was already a worshiper, I consciously became aware of the fact that for the rest of my life, I was going to give God my life. Um, and my favorite scripture because of that, those who know me know it, is in Exodus chapter 33, 15 through 17. And I live by this scripture. If anybody wants to know why I pray so hard and why I act the way I do, it's not just because of my life but it's because this scripture lives on the inside of me. All of the scriptures do, but this is, this is, this is my, you know, when I die, this better be the scripture that they put in the obituary. This is my stamp of life. Um, Exodus 33, 15 through 17, it says this. Uh, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anybody know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? Now, what I love about this scripture and why it has to do with, with, with worship is because Moses, out of all the things that God told Moses to do, Moses finally got to the point where he was like, listen, man, if your presence ain't coming, don't move us. And looking at this scripture, many people have preached it, but they never preach 16 and 17. We preach about the glory and we preach about if your presence doesn't go with us, don't come up. Don't let us come up from here. We talk about God's glory. And if God's glory isn't going with us, then then don't move us from here. And while that's admirable, do you ever ask the question why? And when I found this scripture, it spoke to the very essence of why I felt like and feel like this is my life story. 16 says, how will anybody know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Now, for some of us, that scripture is like, all right, Tosh, you know, what are you trying to, you know, what are you trying to say? Listen, 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 listen. The essence of a worshiper is very simple. If it ain't for God and or the one who you're serving, because we talked about it in the beginning, you know, worship signifies who you bow to and who you let lead your life. If you're not going to let God lead your life, leave him alone. Oof. I know I probably just ruffled 15 feathers or 2000 feathers on that one. But but let me be clear. I'm not telling you to leave God alone because he cannot handle you. I'm asking you to leave God alone because he wants to go with you. And there will always be a mark on you when God is with you. Let me say that again. There will always be a mark on you 
when God is with you. People do not have to guess, is it your gift or is it God? They will know that it is the presence of God. And the anointing is not only attractive, but the glory attracts the enemy. It attracts people that are in darkness to the light of Christ. So when you start asking for things like this, you're not really just asking for God's glory to rise or a heavy wind for the next service. You're asking God, mark me so that I can be the distinction. Oof. And I don't know if you really know what that takes to be marked by God so that you are consciously distinct from everybody else. I don't know if you're honestly ready for that. But after I lost everything, I lost everything the year of 2017. By the second half of the year, God gave me something better. And what he gave me was the mark. He gave me the mark of distinction. And so that has become my favorite scripture. And that has become what has made me uh, such a passionate worshiper. And it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Let me make that very clear. It does not mean at any given time that I am perfect. But what it does mean is that for him, I live and for him, I will die. It is in him that I live, move, and I have my being. It is because of Christ that I am even doing this podcast at that very moment. It is because of him, strictly because of him. And as I get ready to close today's podcast, I just wanted to drop this worship nugget on you. There will be many more worship nuggets, but this is why I'm a worshiper because of what he did for me in my life. And I did not forget about the clothing, the, the one basket of clothes that my grandmother was able to salvage and God rest her soul. I, back in the day, used to sort my clothes darks, whites, and lights. I no longer do that. I throw everything in the washing machine and just pray that the colors don't bleed. I do also sometimes throw bleach in there and I have bleached many things, AKA I am the worst person to do laundry, but your clothes will be clean. They may not have the right colors, but they will be clean. And my grandmother, I will never forget, um, there were a pair of white clothes and in the house, because the house was full of soot, they had let us go back in and they said, take, you know, whatever it is that you need. And I had just bought all these sneakers. I'm a sneakerhead. I forgot to mention that before. I'm a sneakerhead. Um, I've got mad Jordans, um, but I don't buy the Jordans. Um, I get them for like Christmas and for my birthday. Um, so let me just put a, a plug right there. Jordan's shoes are about $200 a pair of shoes. They were not this much money when I first started getting sneakers all the time. However, I am wise in spending. Um, I do not buy them myself, <laughs> but if I do buy them, it is not an all the time occurrence. Um, you know, I get them whenever I can. And then I just kind of keep up with everything that I have. So I've got quite a few pair of Jordans, but honestly, I've, I've had, I still have Jordans that are about five, six, seven years old. Um, so if you see me, don't be like, Oh, she got mad money. The Lord is kind and will bless me. I'm, I'm working on my wealth. Um, but honestly, I've learned to be a good steward of the things that God has given me. But anyway, so I just bought all these sneakers. I mean, they had soot all on them. And like I said, Google soot, it's very thick. It's not something that is easy to come off. And even if you do wipe it down, there's still the smell trapped in the fabrics. 
Smoke still has smell trapped in the fabrics once soot is present. And um, even after washing them, they will still be there. The color will still be 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 a dingy in color. It will still be that gray or that black in color. And I'll never forget, I had a, a, a basket of white clothes. And I had my shorts and stuff in there. And when I looked at the clothes in the room that had been burnt, they looked clean. Maybe because they were white, maybe because it was very dark. I don't know, but to me, they looked clean. So when I grabbed them, they smelled terrible. Um, and I'll never forget, my grandma, she said to me, she said, Tasha, let me have those clothes and I'm going to wash them. And the conversation was, well, grandma, there's soot all over these clothes. I don't think that they're salvageable. I can throw them away. And she said, let me have them. And I said, okay. I want to say maybe a day or two later, because at this time I was working at IHOP and Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I had two jobs at the time. I was going to college. I was in church. I had a lot of stuff going on. Um, and so I didn't necessarily need the clothes because I had uniforms. That was the point of me bringing it up. I had uniforms, so I didn't really need the clothes. Um, so I want to say maybe two days later, uh, in the room I was staying and my grandma had the clothes in the basket and they were clean. They were white clothes and they were clean. And there was no smell on them. There was no nothing. And I asked my grandma, I said, how did you get the smell out? And she said, I washed them and bleach. And at first I was like, she wilding. She couldn't have done that because I tried to wash them, but it didn't work. But she said she washed them and bleached them. She said, I let them soak for a couple of hours and then I let them finish their spin. And it was at that moment that I realized what God did for me that day through clothes. God literally took all of my dirt from my past, put it in the washing machine, put his stamp on me, bleached me, loved me, washed me, and took away everything that was trying to kill me. Now, for some of you guys, you may be like, Tosh, you being a little deep on that, but listen to what I'm saying. I knew that once the house had burnt, if I didn't get some type of resolution from God, I was never going to come back because so many things were happening that I could not believe that this was the God that everybody was serving. I was not going to come back. There was nothing in Christendom for me. There was nothing in this religion for me. There was nothing in the church for me. Heck, at that point, there was nothing even natural for me. There was nothing. I had nothing. And when that happened, when my grandma had those clothes in my room, I just weeped and I just cried because I knew then what the Lord was getting ready to do for me. And that's why I went on the fast. And I want to encourage somebody today. It feels always like you're losing. Hear me and hear me clearly. It feels always like you're losing. But have you ever really thought that you're not losing? God's just trying to pull you away from everything that's not going to let you get to where you need to be. I look back on my life 12, 13 years ago, which is when all of that happened. No, 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 2007. So about 15 years ago, I look back over my life 
and I say to myself, where would Natasha Daniels be at this specific moment if I did not choose to trust God at that moment? Where would I be? And the answer is I have no idea. I really don't know. I knew where I was headed because I had depression. I had suicidal thoughts. Uh, I was doing so many things to try and cope. I know where I could have been. But the Lord literally saved my life at that moment on that day. And I could not appreciate it until I saw the close. And I want to encourage somebody that you will not always lose. But trust the God that we serve, that he is trying to pull you into your destiny and into the place that he knows you're supposed to go because that's his desire for you. But it's also your desire for yourself. The truth of the matter is we stay in a lot of circumstances and a lot of situations because it's comfortable, not necessarily because that's where we want to be. It's just the only place that we know to be at. But I speak and I decree and I declare over you today, take the leap of faith. Don't lose everything like I did before you realize God's trying to get your attention. Just move now so that God can put you in your destined place. Uh, and I also, even at this moment, I hear the Lord saying, It'll be quick. It's different when you have to go through the process of dissolving or dissolution or losing something. That's different than you making a conscious decision to move forward. It takes longer, even though it's easier to lose it all than for you to make the decision to move forward. So I speak and I declare on this airway today that you would begin to move forward. I believe that now is not only your time, but it is the appointed time because in all things, God wants you to be a worshiper. I know you guys are like, what does this have to do with be a worshiper? This is what it has to do with. Worshipers understand that they are nothing without God. And that is why it is easy for us as worshipers to say things like it's in him that I live, move and have my being. If God's presence isn't going with me, then I don't want to be distinct or I don't want to have the mark. I don't want to go nowhere. I need God's mark. I need God's presence. I need God's power if I'm going to do this walk right. And so I come to let you guys know that today is your day to make that declaration. And yes, you do become a target with the light of Christ because those that are in darkness will be drawn to the light. But I promise you that if you would stay diligent and vigilant in the things of the Lord, watch what he does for you. So shout out to all my worshipers out there because it's not easy, but I do promise you that it is the most amazing baseline of Christendom that we can get to. And that is being God's worshiper. That is being a worshiper of Christ and letting the world know that it is him who we serve, not just a praiser who says, thank you. That's important, but a worshiper that shows it with the sacrifice of your life by picking up your cross every day and making sure you make him proud every minute of every day. So I want to encourage you today in this worship segment, go back to being a worshiper. Use my story, take my story, and go back to being a worshiper because that's where God wants us to be. Amen? So I hope that you enjoyed today's uh, segment in Go With God. Listen, if you have topics or if you have questions, anything like that, comments that you want to send, go ahead and shoot me an email at gwgpodcast at yahoo.com. Once again, gwgpodcast at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. would love to hear your comments and also love to hear even more topics 
that we can discuss on our show. All right. So I love you guys. And as always, as we say at the end of every show, our favorite slogan in all things, make sure that you go with God. Love you guys. God bless you. Later.